0: We
1: used to
2: Hollywood in your downtime? We have a lake that's been here since the 20s, when movie stars had love nests in the hills. Our homeboys take pride in telling the history of our barrio, because white people leave out a lot of stuff when they tell it. On Saturdays and Sundays, everybody shops at Sunset and Echo Park Avenue. There's no reason to leave. You can get anything you need in my neighborhood. When I first moved here from Mexico, all the signs in the stores were in English, and I couldn't read them. Now there's as much Yeah,
3: that's right. And you're tuning back into the Hard Luck Show. And we are continuing part two of the Mi Vida Loca store with Veronica Ariano. And her husband Mike. You
0: went right into that jazz smooth voice. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> yes, Welcome yes. back.
3: Man, Veronica. Hey, what's up? Couldn't cut it short. We had to go to two part right? two because right. it's amazing, amazing. And if you haven't already heard, please go back right now. Listen to part one so that you can catch up. It's just an amazing, wonderful, a very important story about this film going from concept. Uh, being turned into a major motion picture and uh, highly to do with Veronica. Uh, just consulting, helping put this whole film together. Ex-
0: essentially capturing a moment of time in Los Angeles yes. in culture, right?
2: Yes, definitely. That so, moment in time.
0: <laughs> where were we at exactly? How well, we, at? we we were at sort of... Uh, there was the premiere Premier. at All the Cynodome. Right. Yes. Yep. J- Jennifer Lopez was there. You didn't realize it was Jennifer Lopez. Right. Danny Trejo
3: was there. She
0: realized it was Danny Trejo,
3: no. I'm yeah. sure. Morales. <laughs> like, right. the stars are coming out for this. Right. What was, let me ask you that night. So, when you're obviously sitting in the theater and you've already seen it. You've already seen the film, but now you're getting to see it with an audience. Are you like, Oh, I wonder if they're gonna ooh and ah and like what I was what like was... this
2: looking over my shoulder behind around, like just to see their reaction. Action oh, to
3: every Yeah, 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 And so what what how did it feel like the film was received by people that you look up to and, and, and your peers and what was that yeah.
2: like? It was it was uh man, I can't even explain that feeling just to know that um that people were intrigued by it and, you know, and amazed by this, like glued wow. to the screen yeah. and right, right, yeah. Because I always hear how this movie was um, the authenticity of it was just like to the t, like sure. from right. the dressing, you know, the style of our hair, the makeup, and um, so just to see that on that big film and then looking at everybody's reaction was like,
0: damn. <laughs> And what about, could you tell in sitting in that theater with all those folks? Some of them were industry people, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Like definitely.
0: producers and all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Could you sense their energy and how they were reacting? Were they taking it in? Could you feel that?
2: They were stuck on the screen. They were really? stuck on the Hell screen. Oh yeah. They, they were. were stuck
0: on the screen. My
2: my head was going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> He's seen it. I wonder who he is. He's mm-hmm, seen it. Mm-hmm. Beep, beep, look, look. <laughs> and he was sitting right next to me. Uh-huh.
0: What was it like sitting there next to her during this thing? Were you the guy holding the popcorn? Like, what was it going What was going on? Red
4: Vines? No, it was, just, it was just, like, exciting to see because we had all the homeboys with us. So it was like we all went to the movies together. Watching. Yeah! And then we see, you know, everybody up there. And we're, like, it's kind of funny to see everybody that we know up on the screen. Yeah. You know, it was, it was exciting. Then we're looking around the audience and trying to see who we see, you know, uh, as far as, like, actors or you know so so they
3: let you bring the neighborhood up
4: too
2: yeah I think that was the highlight of the day of the premiere was that part when we stepped out that van and you have all the Camera people, the red carpet's there, and here come these thugs. You know, right? They're wearing their baggies, fifty-two, you know, pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. up Crease shirts. down. And... Yeah. <laughs> I have pictures of all that, man. I, I that's such a memory. That's that's something that I'm gonna cherish and always. And I'm trying. You to... would have to. Yeah. I mean,
3: this was <laughs> this is something so special that you were a part yeah. of, man. Yeah.
2: We get off that van, and all you see is the cameras turned this way, boom, and lights and flashing and. Was like Echo Park in
0: Hollywood, you know? Did you, did you, so you see the film, right? Credits roll. Did you point at your name on yeah. the credits? You're yeah, like, no, daddy. Of so yeah. Anybody yeah. right. yeah. want an You want to stay till, you're waiting till that screen goes black. Yeah. You ain't moving nowhere. You want to get a whole credit <laughs> Every to everybody. Every time
2: we seen our names, i be oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: right. that's yeah, hell yeah.
0: And then afterwards, was there like a reception?
2: Yes, there was a reception. I don't remember. It wasn't too far from where we were at. I don't remember the hall it was at, but they had low riders in there. The, um, that's when Cypress Hill was there, Lighter Shade of Brown. Yeah. Um, Proper Dose, I believe, was yeah. there, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ernie, yeah. Ernie. Ernie G. Yeah. 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 Big shout oh, out to Ernie. It, Ern. was, it yeah. was really cool. Really well, cool to go the into the that. party damn. right there
4: at the Ivanhoe? Ivanhoe, yeah. Right on, uh, was it uh, Fletcher? No,
2: that was the um, that was the after party from the filming. But when we oh, did the premiere, okay. yeah, there was two. So they they had an after party in um what is that Hyperion or Fletcher area? The Flet- okay. Yeah. Okay. Feliz area, somewhere right there. Yeah.
0: They yeah. had an after party.
2: Yeah. After did the get, after wrap.
0: Did it get live? at that Oh after? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys you celebrate. So, like,
2: you like you hear that though?
3: It's like. There was a handful of of Latinos in the business, and they're all basically at this. Right. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yes. Yeah, Yeah. dude. Did you have any weird or strange or interesting conversations at the um, reception where people were coming up to you, and they were talking to you and asking you questions, and you were answering them?
2: No, I I remember a lot of like, hey, good job, guys, you know— you know hopefully this takes you somewhere or you know congratulations on the filming and yeah. a lot of that was going on well, celebrating it People yeah were celebrating more, it, yeah more it. celebrating mm-hmm. it yeah
0: and then after the reception where do you go back to the neighborhood Con- was there what was the feeling with that were you guys gonna continue on the celebration we continued party in the neighborhood yeah. yeah and when did the party end that night I don't even know if it ever ended <laughs> <laughs> <still partying>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at some point right you go through this process and you're no longer you are the same person but you're not yeah but everybody else who wasn't a part of the process is still the same person what was it like going through regular life and all of that mm, good question. um
2: in the neighborhood it wasn't I didn't get no different feeling from anybody um, because everybody had an opportunity to be in it if they wanted to. Um, We gave everybody that chance. Um, But nobody around the neighborhood or from the neighborhood didn't make me feel any different. Um, Maybe, like, outside, like, if people that knew that I did the film or came out in it, it was oh you're that girl or oh you came out of me how fun was it never i used to hear comments from yeah you know ah fuck that movie and blah blah blah. blah. what do you females know or what do you broads know Mm -hmm. stuff like that but it was like whatever just ignore it
0: so there (laughs) were some haters oh yeah
2: yeah i think i have haters now really that oh yeah look at that those eyes yeah, I'm so so hated.
0: <laughs> Why? What's And I it? love it though. <laughs> no, no, of course. But this, this we live in the age of loving your haters. <laughs> yeah. Because right? you can't exist and do anything without it. Yeah. But what is it that the what's the criticism?
2: A jealousy. Jealousy and then it goes back because they don't know my story. Yeah, oh that movie's not about you, it's not about Well, that movie would have never been Mi the Loca if Vero would've never put herself out there and you know it would Damn,
3: never... there you go. There you have yeah. it.
2: I, because back then, growing up, you don't publicize your life, right? Especially right. not that kind of style. Right. Thing. You mm-hmm. don't do it. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that we did it, and we did it in such a respectful yes, you did um, way, where we weren't harming anybody else. Even the other, like even the other gang, right? The opposite gang in the neighborhood. We made sure that. Don't call it what she, what it actually was, let's change it around right, but recognizable where people would probably know what we were talking about, you know right, right
0: right did you that seems at an early time where navigating those rules, did you guys set a standard to a certain extent with that in the sense of you figured out what the the blend was of we're not putting anything out there at the same time, it's a little recognizable
2: yeah we we had to make sure that would happen because we didn't want it to um i mean. One, we're putting us on that screen. Mm-hmm. So we didn't want it to be um, something that was fake, something that wasn't us. Um, we were gonna keep it real, we we're gonna keep it real, but to an extent where it was respectful and, and you're not get... trying
3: to bring somebody else into it. You guys made this decision to do this. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that this neighbor or that neighbor wants to get dragged into it. Yeah. Yeah. It
2: so wasn't to be conscious because... of that it was a rival neighborhood, so right, nobody right, got along. Right, <laughs> right, right, right,
3: right. Right,
0: but I think it's hard for people to understand, too, that it's a different media landscape than we have today. Today, it seems like so much more is accepted and out there, but back then, You it still was,
2: had those guidelines.
0: It was totally different back then. Yeah, there was no yeah. internet, really, no. Like no. there is now, right? No. No YouTube. Mm-hmm.
3: I don't even, sad to say, I don't even know that something like that could get done. Now it, it, it would really, really be a real feat to try and get something like that done now, right, yeah. if that makes any sense, it was a very special time, and that was probably what come out and like now it's just so convoluted in just so different many ways that it would be a million times more difficult to get a picture like that made yeah. and out, you know right it just is that's and that's partly why it's just so special, you
0: know. Is there any merchandise that came from Mi Vida Loca that surprised you where you're like, oh, I can't fucking believe they made this?
2: Yeah. I see that iconic picture where it's um, the girl sitting behind a bomb. Um, and I i want to say it was a lady from Oregon that um, started it. I see it all over Etsy. And it's that everybody, you know, she, it, they would tell me, hey, did you see this show? Did you see this show? It's like, Oh, what does this lady from Oregon know about? <laughs>
1: Maybe the right, like a, right? Right.
2: Like, what is she profiting off? Well, familiar? you
3: kind of. So, you said, or you were talking a bit about you and some of the other actors and actresses in the film were bound by contracts and couldn't do certain things to make money off of the film. Yeah,
2: I um, <sighs> yeah, talk about I don't. That. You know, I I have my contract and I never looked at it. I just signed it and um. <laughs> so I don't know what the contract actually says, but I still have it to this day. But I know when we were talking, um, it, they they weren't able to sign and, I mean, um, do anything that had to do with the movie. And it was on their contract, which is why they never made any movie Loca merchandise. Um, so when we started doing the meet and greets, I had a lot of my original pictures from the movie, every time wardrobe change would happen, I would always tell the um, photo guy, can you take a picture, take a picture of us? So I was always getting a picture. Well, to my hands, it's mine. Don't right. belong to them no more. Mm-hmm. So I started my meeting greets with my original pictures. I when took did them. you start those? About six years ago.
3: <clears throat> About six... So there was a pause in between.
2: Oh, yeah, big pause.
3: A big pause that nobody was really reliving or sharing this with people?
2: No, I, it wasn't even... In the It was in the lowrider scene, so there was like some people that were, you know, profiting off Me Vida Loca, whatever mm-hmm. they made. I mean, nothing that you can't find off the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until six years ago when I did that, um when I met Angel Sad Girl at, that, at her meet and greet. And we sat down and had the conversation of having to do something.
3: We, now, would you attribute some of this to the social media world as like an IG and stuff like that that started to make... Give you the opportunity and the communication lines and the platform to do stuff like this? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If it wasn't for that. What was... Mm. So let's get real. What was the reason for the pause?
2: Everybody just went doing their own thing. So they continued acting. There were actors. Um, Christina was, I think, in a few shows for... um, Oh, what is it? The Bundies. What's that show? The Bundies. Married, married with Children. She was on that? Yeah. She played Bud um Bud Bundy's um girlfriend. <laughs> I like that show. <laughs> yeah. That was a good show. Um, a lot she of did toilet a couple flushing. commercials. Um Angel was in Silverado and a couple other movies that she came out in. Mm-hmm. And then um Sadie Lopez came out and I think what next the Friday? One of those Fridays, mm-hmm. right? With Jacob Vargas and so they all continued their acting. Everybody, you know, then they got married, they had kids and mm-hmm um we all still stood in contact with each other mm-hmm. um but just never put ourselves out there um yeah. I, um angel was the one that started doing her meeting greets she built a brand called living feed me and she mm. started bringing us to these meeting greets with her and we just all sat down and had that conversation said we got to do this the fans are out there
0: yeah and, and they really are because i looked at i, I looked at the youtube <coughs> comments and it, there's i mean Thousands hundreds of thousands and they're and they're all super supportive. I can't figure out if it's
3: the internet if it's Instagram and social medias or and if it's time in itself that's bringing back almost this revival of Chicano Lifestyle why it's become so really popular. Yeah, it's become almost overly but it's become so popular that people are reaching back to almost, for one, they're reaching back to the 90s in a lot of ways. Yeah. But even above and beyond that, what was going on in Teen Angel Magazine and Arte Loretta, like, these things are now on platforms. And there just seems to be all these young people that are obsessed with, like, Corteses and that. So, th- My Fitzy th- sucks. Yeah. I mean, and that's, <laughs> at, but that also is adding to anything that was in that window is now being really really like absorbed by people and people young people want to know all about that so that's got to be adding the fuel to this thing and started helping it to grow correct?
2: definitely i think all those platforms helped um back in the days i remember teen Joe, and it was you know it was i would look at the magazines and be like oh that's just bad or right you see right, the car right. that's how you would knew where car shows were happening or what exactly city the next car show is going to be at mm-hmm. but once social media came and um it that really opened the doors for a lot of people everywhere because now you're seeing people from texas arizona um mm-hmm. right chicago new york and and they're into the style and it's um For a minute, it was kind of bother. It would bother me. Why? Uh Why? Because it's my life. Like it's not a. For them, it's a style. It's a trend. For me, this was my life. Right. Look, I'm 48 years old. I still wear my Nike Cortez. You know, it's it's my life. What I grew up. This is how I grew up dressing. You know, the clothes that I wear. Um, So when I see when I seen outsiders doing it, um, it was like, I used to get pissed off. You know, I was like, Mm -hmm. you guys don't know what we went through dressing the way. You're dressing, you know? Yeah. It was like we went through hell and back. People died because they were wearing a certain color shirt or mm. jersey, the shoes, you know, you looked mm. a certain way. And then you see these people um flashing it like for you know, to them it's just a lifestyle that they like uh, right. a style that they like.
0: Right. Something right. they can put on and take off. Yeah, yeah. it's a
3: trend.
2: Yeah, a trend, I, definitely.
3: I think there was I think even in the nineties, I think there were a lot of Hispanic Chicano people that were spread out all over the US. And they didn't have, they knew about it, but they didn't have access. There wasn't neighborhoods there. Mm -hmm. The only way they could find it was if they got their hands on a teenage, it was like they were too far away and it wasn't there in their hometown, but they aspired, they thought it was cool. And then with the internet and with social media, it almost delivered it. Yeah. And I think there was all these people that were into it but had no access to, to it. it. Yeah. I feel you like, know what I'm
0: saying? I feel like that's Instagram Jesus. I feel like he was he, a, no, far away. He is. He was right? far away,
3: but he was paying attention. He has old magazines. right? Far before Instagram, he goes, I was following you guys, this article. That, and there was like certain little magazines and that you could find yeah, to like, find out more, but you really couldn't experience it. But social media right. has brought it You could order the shit. You could now. You could like get in on the conversations. You could really study and get to know the people, and that turned into what this is. And then along with that, you're going to get all the fakes. Yeah, that see that as a trend. Oh, now I want to, you know. And we're seeing some. That's part. That's part of the stuff that's bothersome. Well,
0: I want to ask you also, though, because you know, what happens to you or your feelings when you start to but before the movie and then some of the stuff that happens after the movie and then what big lux just laid out about the studying it right at one point you're not conscious that this is a style right yeah what is what mentally or emotionally goes through you as you watch this thing that is something that's just not even in your consciousness to now you're consulting and now you're becoming very aware of how you look
2: i think it's when i seen throughout the news um kids dying um mm. there, there was these underground shows underground shows that were happening on um, party scenes for all ages right and kids were going dressed up like the way we would dress growing up you know especially with those charlie browns are very famous mm-hmm. now yeah like yeah. everybody wants to wear those and yeah. um that was really an eye-opening for me like wait a minute i felt like you're making fun of us um i felt like like you were just straight clowning us like you know then when you see the hipsters ones right like dressing this way it was like <laughs> wait a minute people <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: this is where wait i draw the lines yeah. with my hand you know up.
2: like uh-uh i um I, I, I even put something on my Instagram a while back, spoke up on it. It's like, it's not this is not a trend. It's my lifestyle. Right. I, you know, and it it blew up. It was so much controversy. People were like, well, that's not fair. You know, kids this and kids like to dress. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm not seeing it from their perspective of it being a trend. I'm seeing the danger that it's causing and creating. Right, and right, that's right, what right, you guys right. don't realize. Like, right. it's cool to dress like it. Okay, if you're going to go to a party, whatever, but be aware of your surroundings when you leave that party. Because right. I Guarantee you, wherever you're gonna be, there's always gonna be something that's gonna happen.
3: Something comes along with that.
2: Yeah. You
0: know,
1: no, no, go, go, go. What
0: what you're talking about though really touches me personally because I see the same thing with American Indians. And it's weird because American Indian stuff, right? That's real old. Oh, yeah. And then you see it. Sort of commodified, and then people wearing or doing stuff, cheerleaders with fucking neon rainbow headdresses and all that shit, right? And it starts to make you feel like you feel with the hipsters, which is like, wait a second. But then at the same time, you don't want, at least me, I'll speak of me, I don't want to necessarily be the person that tells people you can't do this and you can't do that. But at the same time, I don't know how to convey properly to people that. Um, this wasn't a commodity. This wasn't a retail item, right? It was, a lot of times, Big Lux, when you talk about some of the stuff that you guys did, it was stuff that was just available. And then you made it your own or you did something with it. But it wasn't something that, that you knew was going to be some sort of interesting commodity for folks later who had a lot of distance from it mm-hmm. and were doing it to make a statement or whatever sure. it was yeah sure how at this stage now where you're at, how do you feel about it, or what are your thoughts about how to make it at least keep the it tethered to where it really came from
2: i um so we started. I started doing uh, um, YouTube videos with one of my friends, um, Chino Los Angeles, who's my photographer, mm-hmm. and um, Boulevard Juice. Um, he wanted to bring. He wanted to bring awareness to the community, right? Because a lot of kids were dressing the way we dressed growing up, but they weren't from gangs. And he's from the East L.A. area. So he's seen also a lot of stuff that happened on that side. And um, we were sharing stories. He's like, we gotta do something about this. Let's bring awareness and and talk about it. Um, So we started interviewing people that were um, actors, um, singers, and getting their perspective on it. Because um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Mona from Japan she sad girl she's a rapper Mm -hmm. really huge out there Hmm. and a really good friend of mine and um, they put my story out there first about talking about the trend what i felt and i and i'm going to be honest and blunt with everybody yeah it's um i tell i i i do it because it's first it's coming from my heart right so i i i lived it seen it witnessed a lot that, that happened because of the way we grew up dressed and looked right not just The dying, but the profiling, racial profiling Mm. with the police. That was, like, the biggest thing, you know? Like, you don't know what we lived, and you don't know what we went through because of the way we looked. Mm -hmm. And here you Mm -hmm. guys are playing Barbie, dress-up dolls, and you think it's cute. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's not like that. So when I go to shows and I see kids, I always ask the young girls, can I ask you what made you what what do you like about the style that you right, dress this right, way? Because right, right, I want right, to get everybody's point of view. I'm, sure. I'm, I'm trying to be open minded, right, and understandable, but like
0: <laughs> that's because you're a good person. I'm a terrible person. Well, I mean, I want to be me.
2: No, I want to be me. <laughs> I'm, I'm biting my tongue and the inside right, of my head. I'm right, like right, fucking right. bitch. you, yeah. dude, you know. <laughs> oh, and what
0: made you don on this
1: outfit?
2: <laughs> yeah. So you know, just to so I hear their stories, and a lot of it is I remember seeing my mom, mom right? my aunt, you know, cousins dressing this way, and I right. liked it. OK. And then I then all the mother instinct comes out of me. Do you realize the consequences when you're out in an area that you're not familiar with and you're just this way? Do you like stop to think something could happen? Somebody might mistake me to be somebody from a different gang. And that catches their attention like right away because they don't think of it.
0: Yeah. And I think that something that we live in today, people's experience with being outside is different than it was. Yeah. Like I don't think we have the same amount. When we were coming up, we spent more time outside.
3: Absolutely.
0: Right. So you would... not
3: on these all day long, <laughs> living through this shit. Yeah, you were that's experiencing what, that's real what they life. Have, yes, yeah.
0: exactly. So. And, and without even putting a value on it, right, the reality today, though, is based on how dangerous it is out there, based on COVID, monkeypox, whatever the fuck is going on, right? Most people are more inside now, and there's more stuff to do internally, so they might not have the social awareness yes. that you're talking about. And they don't. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> and they
3: don't. And and there, I, I, there's a quote, I forget it, but you can gain all the information you want doesn't mean you know something just because you experience allows you right to really understand to yes. really know you can understand stuff through the internet there but you would have to experience to actually know what it is yeah. right and there's a difference there yeah there's a huge difference there and i think that's where it gets convoluted what i you know listen i I I'm in the apparel world, you know, and I've been. This is I've, I've made a, a career and a life out of building brands. And early on, I made early on mistakes with trademarking and, you know, copyright and different things. And I've struggled. I mean, we lost brands that we heavily invested in because we didn't have proper trademarking. Yeah. You know, we didn't. So... My question to you is I know and I met you on the premise of walking up to your retail with your brand. Tell us how you were able to get how were you able to get me Vida Loca turn this into a brand. When did that happen and where's where's where what's the brand up to now? I'm like tell me about this cuz you guys do a lot of dope stuff.
2: Um I wanted to stick with the Chicana Chicano culture and still keep that 80s, 90s vibe going, um, mm-hmm. and I only had my pictures, and that's how I started vending, was uh, my pictures, and I would autograph them. I started off with one picture, four by six, and a sticker um, mm-hmm. of Mi Vida Loca. So in the beginning of the movie, you see the heart intro, right? It's yeah. a heart with the Mi Vida Loca. So during the premiere, they gave us stickers like that, and this is that's was one a sticker. Of them. Okay. But in the middle, it said Allison, director Allison Anderson, and then the bottom is said My Crazy Life. I revamped the sticker, changed, you know, took that out and made it mine. And I, so this was my first design, but it's actually in color. It's um red and like a royal blue. Okay. And um, I I started with the pictures, and I saw you know people were coming, buying it, buying it, and it really blew my mind because like I said, during that whole time that all these years passed by, I didn't know the fan base, I didn't know the people that were out there, right? And I didn't know that anybody knew me. <laughs> I'm like, really? Because you, you know- had no
3: access to them, and they had no access to you. Nothing, right?
2: So when I met them, when I would meet them face to face in person, like, oh my God, Vero, 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 and 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 Angel and and um and Baby Doll, they're always um sharing my life and my story. So I didn't, I didn't know that this whole time because they were sharing my life and story, my name was growing, my face was out there. I was, you know, I was known, and so when I would meet these people, it was like you know, they really knew who I was and it was mind blowing right. for me. So when I came out with my <sighs> pictures and they were asking for my autograph, buying it, yeah. I'm like, okay, should I charge, should I charge a little more? What do I do? Yeah, yeah,
0: like, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah.
2: always a thing, right? right?
0: Go and Ask Big Lux about
2: <laughs> yes, how to price so all that. So I started shit off a picture $5 with a sticker. That's right. it, right? Right. Then I started doing, you know, two years came, went by, and I was like, okay. I started off with this shirt, and then the, a, a script writing just says Mi Vida Loca. And those were my shirts for the um, first two years that I was doing uh, my brand. And When I seen people buying, I was like, man, these people really like... They, it was drawn to that movie. They really liked what sure. was, you know, anything that had to do with Mi Vida Loca. So then my mind's going, and I'm like, I'm I'm very... um. I I love um, how can you say it? I love arts and crafts. Um, I don't know how to draw, but I know and my ideas in my head, and I'll tell the person like this is what I want, you know. Yeah. Or, or my husband, because he would draw or do <laughs> tattoos, right? Yeah. Um, so I started <laughs> as I started doing being in the industry, I got I got to know a lot of amazing people that already had their foot in the door and and then um, already had their ba- their brand built, and um, they would give me advice, and and I would seek their advice because like I want to give back, and I want it to be. I want my brand to be noticeable and, and capture that 80s and 90s theme, you know, that authenticity of it. And um, I think it was my third year, fourth year, um, somebody had put a comment on my on one of my pictures and they said, thank you for bringing the 80s back. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. <laughs> she, yeah, she she
2: recognized what I was trying to do with my clothing, you know, yeah. and, and that's what I wanted. I wanted people to see that that. Stuff that you know, so it's eye catching to me. I wanted to be eye catching to them.
0: Why yeah. do you think people want the '80s or the '90s to come back? What is it about <sighs> those, those goddamn years? Why,
1: man.
2: God? Besides the drugs, but uh,
1: let's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: be real. I was, you know, I was high on the set most of the time, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what everybody just really loves. The the, I don't know if it's the bagginess of the clothes because they feel comfortable, or I, I can't. For me, it was like I said, it was just my style. So I, it's hard for me to explain. Um, right. I'm. I'm. I get like the
3: '90s, and I was part of it, and I, yeah. But truly, what I'm really, really into is '80s. '80s. I'm. I'm more into '80s. Like it was the mid and late '80s. That yeah. Was like,
0: what would you describe are the qualities of the '80s or the design aspects of the '80s? You. You just like the the the
3: the Pendletons, the flannels the licensed gear like that shit like um it was really like what you were really dressing up to wear that shit it was almost like in the 90s it changed it got really big white t-shirts ball head but it was like the '80s was like almost like hairnets and fucking house shoes and
2: still slicking that hair back. Yeah, right? dude, and it was just no like no bald head.
3: No, no bald head, <laughs> and it was like Raiders and Kings and corduroy hats and like it was just like it was you know it was those first Raider jackets with the with the letters of starter jackets. It wasn't the puffy ones yet. It was like yeah. old school coach jackets yeah. outside and. It was just like it was gangster, man. Yeah, that shit was real
5: gangster. Yeah.
2: Raiders and Raiders, the colors was the big theme back then, like absolutely, and to this day it is now. So, this is my new design. And my husband came up with the colors, he's like, We got to capture what they're gonna like gray and black,
0: right? Raider yeah. Colors. Yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. There's a yeah.
2: lot of Raider fans out there, so this is my new design, the one he's wearing right now yeah. for my men's. And, um, yeah, it's a big it was hair. almost
3: like if you were brown, you were a Raiders fan, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. But I used to it, have
2: a Raiders jacket. I mean, a jersey. Yeah. I only wore it because of colors. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was it.
3: <laughs> it was really like, and the '90s kind of took all that. But it was, it was kind of like at the '90s that the, the companies already started getting hip to like, oh, those are in the '80s. You were wearing it and it wasn't, they weren't aiming it at you. You no. had to go get it. Right. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally By do. the 90s, they had already figured out, we're going to start aiming at swap meets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was just different. And, and, it was and just,
2: in the 90s for a girl growing up then, you see a guy walking, bald head guy, or a guy with hair slick back and a brand new white t-shirt, you're like, damn, that's eye candy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 It was just different. It was just more... It was even more shaking his head. He's like, I don't need to hear these stories. Come on, Veronica. We got a long drive home, baby.
3: I like the eighties. So what's going on um today? Uh what's going on with you? So you have the brand out. Where do people find the brand?
2: I have my um Etsy store right now, um uh the Loca brand on Etsy. Okay. Um, and I'm also on Instagram at Veto Echo Park. I have me Vida Loca brand also on Instagram, but I'm mm-hmm. more active on the Veto Echo Park one. Okay. Um, but yeah, I my Etsy store is right now it's it's thank God it's a really big, um, I have a really big fan base on it, That's and great. um, yeah, I was really really blessed. I, I had to just recently put my store on vacation mode because I couldn't keep up with orders. Cause That's great, man. <laughs> I, do, That's awesome. um, I do a lot of car shows too, so. You know, inventory in between, and then it was like I told my husband I have to go on vacation mode. I have to give myself a rest. You know, a couple weeks. Just
3: I before. love that you've made this thing work for you. That you've been able to capture it and continue to make it work for you. I know that you you also outside above and beyond. Listen, listeners, go check out me at a lookup brand. Go 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 get something over there. Okay, support the cause. But above and beyond clothing, I know that you're still active in in working community at a community-based level. Tell us a little bit about that, where you're at.
2: Um, right now, I work for the homeless population. I'm uh, outreach coordinator, and I um, get homeless families, um, individuals, house them, um, try to get them employed, um, get them into a program if they're struggling with addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing that for maybe the last 10 years. Um, prior to that I used to do gang intervention and that's where my heart was back then working with a lot of at-risk youth um even root youth that were rival neighborhoods mm-hmm. I had a big part in 2014 I was given a peace builder award for bringing award for bringing three rival neighborhoods together and wow. calling a truce for a while and um that was my hardest moments then, because my husband didn't like me then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, we didn't get along during that time. <laughs> he didn't like the work I did. He didn't like the people I was surrounded, the people that I was helping. But he saw them for what they were, and I saw them, I saw like that inner kid in them, you know, that kid that didn't grow up yet. They were stuck, and I my motherly instincts came out, and I had that need, and I felt the need to help them.
0: Mike what was it that for you that made it difficult to um, be with uh, Veronica through that process?
4: Well because I, I knew like a lot of the guys because growing up in the neighborhood you see a lot of them that are going through problems and stuff like that and they use people you know they they see somebody that's gonna help them and they'll take what they could get and go back to their their ways right so i i didn't necessarily hate what she did but i felt like you're just wasting your time but she would tell me if i could just help one that's good enough Mm. so i'm like i had to support her in in that way but it's still hard because i see like we've taken in um kids and we helped them out and they turn around and like f you you know mm -hmm. and it it pisses me off because she puts her heart into it, and they turn around and do her dirty. You want to see
3: her get taken advantage of. Yeah,
4: exactly.
0: Veronica, does it hurt you at all when that happens? It does. Because your heart's in it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I know, um... I'm proof of change. He's proof of change. And um, right. I know it could happen. Right. You know, you just, and I get them for that moment. Mm-hmm. And I have them and I'm like, fuck yeah, I did this. I'm giving mm-hmm. you something. I'm giving life back to you. That's how I feel like I'm giving you life back. Right. And um, when they turn on me, it hurts me and I hide it. I have a really good <laughs> way of hiding it. Right. Um, right. And, you know, I'll have my moments and I'll cry, whatever. Um, but it's um, like I tell him, if I can just save that one, that's all I want is just to save that one. And I have, I had a few that died on me, um, but it was um, at least I know that I gave them that opportunity for change.
0: Is this is this partially? I mean, is this somewhat motivated out of losing Nika?
2: Yeah she had a really big part in um in the work that i do mm-hmm. um i i went as far as to going to be a, a substance abuse counselor yeah um and after a while as i got to get more into the field and get to know people it was hard to try to tell an adult stop getting high right sure. and I, so right. all i all i can do was educate them mm-hmm. um i also worked with youth doing substance abuse and to me that was a lot more easier because i was able to bring them reality and i would i would bring all my um like from like any funerals that i went to and i had a shitload i'd come in a big box i laid out on the table their pictures were there t-shirts whatever it was that they had made and it would be just a silent moment for the kids and i would tell them just focus on on the pictures and read you know whatever you want and i'd give them like about a half hour and we talk about it and it was an eye opening for the kids and it was easier to try to get them to change mm-hmm. opposed to working with an adult. But right. Nika was a big part of why I stumbled into the road and I continued doing it and um just trying to help out the next one that didn't have the strength or the opportunity to walk away from it the way I did. It, what-
3: I, I can agree. I mean I've I've definitely dealt with uh people in the lifestyle and the addiction all mixed up into one mm-hmm. and you help somebody to move away from that and then you see them and you see that light go off and you're like yeah and then you watch that person go back and then a lot of times that person doesn't make it back out they die yeah and it's devastating man. especially when you've gotten to the point where you see the light go off Yeah. And you're like, wow, and they get it and you get it. And and then to see somebody regress and I've I've had a couple very, very close, close friends. And it's it's I mean, it's there's the fuck you part too, but they almost need to do that in order to justify going back to what they know or whatever that might be. You get what I'm saying? The psychology. Somebody's got you gotta somebody's gotta be the fucking to point the finger at. Yeah, in really. order to enable you to take the easy road out. You know, yeah. there's a lot of different dynamics, but I think you getting emotional. I mean, there's there's a lot to it because you want to save everybody. You know, you want to you want people to to
2: get it. And don't yeah. you
3: see or, you know, and it's it's not the the reality of it is not everybody's going
2: to. No. And it know? wasn't um I remember um when I first started doing the gang intervention and, and um my one of the first kids that you know died on me and and it was it was heartbreaking and I remember talking to my mom and she's like you know Veronica as long as I can remember since you were in junior high you always had kids run away and come home with you I don't know what it was about me but it was and it didn't I didn't realize it till she had told me and I'm already in my mid-20s or yeah mid-20s probably early 30s and she's telling me this and um I thought back from when I was in junior high, um, even elementary, because Nico was one that would stay in my home. Um, but I would always have runaways at my house, and I would make sure to call the parents and let them know your your daughter, your son's here. Don't worry, they don't want to go home. But here's my phone number. Here's my mom. You know, talk to my mom. So their parents yeah. knew they, they were, were safe. Right. And um, but when my mom told me that, it was like, damn, this was my destiny. This was. Right.
3: You've been doing this.
2: Yeah. I had been right. doing it, and not realizing. And when I started doing it for work, and um, I gave it, I gave it my all, everything that I could to try to save, you know, just that one and, and help somebody out. And um, that's what I do now. <laughs> Did you struggle with addiction yourself? Um, not addiction. I used to get high. I um, after Nico passed away, I never. I was the homegirl that never got high. I used to drink, but um, I was the homegirl that always took care of them when they were partying and getting high and when she passed away i um i was i was high i lost it i didn't know i woke up my wrist was slit and i didn't know i didn't cut it good i didn't cut it through all the way so thank god i just remember waking up to my brother smacking me in my face you know trying to wake me up and um i think after that was okay that was it <laughs> i partied for like 2 years on um, you know pcp was my drug of choice yeah. and, yeah that's a big one yeah that's not
0: like a little bit of a bammer weed yeah
2: for being my first choice of drug pcp i just went right into it
0: (laughs)
3: right but you know what veronica ariano yes i want to just say i just you're this amazing having you on it's your your story is just incredible you know I, uh, I I mean, we could sit and talk for hours of, about just a lot. And I'm hoping that we're going to have you back on the show eventually. Come yeah, and visit us.
2: Definitely. Mike,
3: you too. Um, <laughs> <just such laughs> you an- too, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Oh, it's you too. Mike's going to jump on the mic a little more next time too. But just an incredible, I'm just so fascinated with your story. I'm so impressed with what you've done. I find your life so far so special. You know, um, and so much more yet to go. You've just really uncracked so much and I just see so much unveiling. And it's almost like yeah, I look at you as almost a spokesperson in many ways for our culture. Yeah. And I'm just so, so happy that we got to do this show, got to revisit some things, get to hear the real background story, all these questions I had and things I wanted to know about the making of this film and and how it went down and the effect and how it affected me and so many people I know, you know, and it's just great having you in here and great. I just appreciate you so much, you two coming down, sharing an important part of history in your lives with us, you know, over the show. It's dope. It's great. Welcome.
2: You're welcome. I'm glad I'm able to share. Like It's not even all of it, like I said. You no, know,
3: like, right. We, there's
2: there's still the police issues and stuff that I went through.
3: <laughs> I want you real quickly to, uh, yeah, we'll bring you in for part three. Don't trip. <laughs> no. Um, but let, let let our guests know one more time where they can find out more about you and where they can purchase your products.
2: Okay, so hmm. my um, Etsy store is on Etsy under their uh, Mi Vida Loca brand. And then you can find me on Instagram at um, Veto Echo Park. That's the one that I'm most active on. Mm-hmm. And then I also have my movie, The Loca brand page on Instagram.
3: There you go. You got it. So go check out her page. Go check out some some dope, iconic stuff from the film. Make a purchase. I'm going to. <laughs> and um, and yeah, keep on checking in. It's a pleasure having both of you here tonight. Thank you. Thank um, you. Chumon, what you got?
0: Ovando Bowen, LLP. We wear braids to court. Let the Tomahawks fly. The best legal representation that money can buy. Sean Lewis. Sean at movemental.media. For all every single one of your audio needs. And maybe some other needs, ladies. You never know. Right? Throw yeah. (laughs) Come on. on. Yeah. Um, also don't forget to hit us up at www.hardlookshow.com right check out the Proto- Mercado tab right at the mercado mercado right what did, Hablas I, what did, I, say? What did I say <laughs> you said you, you It you sound you sounded like a white boy saying okay. mercado. yeah yeah okay well because i am a white boy market no you're not mm-hmm. i'm not what are you i'm a white boy okay <laughs> okay um, and-, and and don't forget <laughs> gumroad uh hls.gumroad.com
3: all right www.supermaxhardware.com. Come check us out. Check out summer just dropped and get yourself a tank, maybe a snapback. Also, cookies at cookies sf for you know some good apparel and some good cannabis flower and vibes rolling papers at vibes papers. Check it out. And with all that, once again, mi vida loca. Veronica, thank you for coming in.
2: Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yes.
3: Hasta la vista. Adios from The Hard Luck Show. We're out.
5: These are the worst kind, eh? They're two weeks for the life. Got the nice pad to live in. Always had it nice. Got a bedroom just for them and their shit. Not sharing with no one. Then they get greedy. Nothing's ever enough for them. Just like that, eh? They're doing six, seven balloons a day. Like there's no limited supply. Come on, ain't no one's going to give them enough fed air to keep that up. So they come to you with the wet eyes, thinking you'll give a shit. That's so how they do things in their neighborhood. That's so how they get by. Oh Ernesto, please, I need it. I had a bad day, I'm, I had a bad week, I'm stressed. Sometimes, if I'm in a good mood, I'll let them bullshit me. Hey, if the chick is cute, I might go easy because next time she'll give me head for it.